Uh, Father in heaven, I pray that you be with us now as we open your word and learn more about you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so the title of my worship thought is kind of long, but it's more of a question. How do we keep our relationship with God strong during the school year? This is geared mainly towards us young adults here in the audience, but uh, everyone can learn something from this, I'm sure. So it's common knowledge that during the school year, with the business and craziness of life, that it can be hard to keep our relationship with God strong, especially during, this is, especially during the school year. Um, unfortunately, most of the time, during this time of, of year, tests and quizzes and homework, work, significant others and other friendships often take high priority. In a perfect world, we would have our relationships with God be the highest priority with everything else below it, but as most of us have already figured out, this is not a perfect world. And we are all striving to grow in the grace of Jesus. However, sometimes we stumble and mess up. Look, I don't have all the answers. I never claim to. I am a college student myself, as you guys all know, and often struggle with many of the same things you guys do too. Sometimes tests and homework are sometimes too important to just sit down and have a simple prayer to God. And it's really, really sad, and I want to change, and I hope you guys want to do that too. So whatever I speak to you guys, I'm speaking to myself tonight, just so you know. I'm going to keep it simple, okay? I'm going to keep it very, very simple, and that's a good thing. Sometimes the basic biblical knowledge is something we should go back and have a refresher course over. This is all put into three steps. Three steps of how to keep your relationship with God strong during the school year. Okay. Now, um, actually, I'm going to need someone to come, some artistic person in the audience to come draw for me. Artistic, someone, please. Okay. Yes, uh, whoever's wanting to come up, come up. Oh, Caleb? Where's Caleb? You artistic man? Thanks, bro. <laughs> yes, everyone give, give a round of applause. This guy deserves to be on our uh, museum. Here. Okay, so just... So I, I like to have the idea. Yes, go on. Um, I like to have the idea that our relationship with, with God can be mirrored in the sanctuary. Okay. Um, so we have here the different objects. We have here he's drawing the altar of sacrifice. He has the laver, the laver, and this is in the courtyard, right? So you want to box that off. That's the courtyard, and we know if, if we're going to think about this logically, you can keep drawing. Uh, if we're going to think about this logically. Um, in our relationship with God, when we come, first come to God, when we first uh, have our conversion experience, we come and we lay our, our self down on the altar of sacrifice. We come to uh, confess our sins, and we ask God for his help uh, to live in us. 
And then we go to the labor and we are baptized. It's a symbolic act where we uh, come to, come to uh, Christ and profess our faith publicly. And then we come to the holy place and our... Oh, the altar. All right, um, so, yeah, then we come to the holy place where there are three items, okay? And once he finishes, I'll show you. Three items come before the Ark of the Covenant in the most holy place. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Thank you, man. Can I go around and applause for him? All right. So we have the courtyard here, and then we have the most holy place. Uh, I'm sorry, holy place and the most holy. Just quickly... Most holy. All right. I want to focus on these three elements here tonight. Table of showbread, altar of incense, and the seven-branched candlestick. That's the Christian life after baptism. This is the one that we are all in currently. This is the one that we are experiencing before we get to God's presence one day in heaven. Um, so just a, just a bit of an example to help you out. Okay. Let's start altar of incense. What do you guys think that would represent in a Christian walk, in our Christian life? Prayer. Simple, right? Very, very simple. Why pray? How can this help us with school? How can this help us with the practical, how can, how can this help us practically with our everyday struggles? Let's go to Mark 1, verse 35. I hope you guys brought your Bibles or some semblance of a Bible on your phone maybe like I did because um, we're going to be turning to a lot of verses tonight. Uh, Mark 1 and verse 35. All right, it says, and are you all there? Mostly? Okay. If you say, if you're there, say amen. amen. All right, that's good enough. Verse 35. In the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. Now, I would submit to you that if we are Christians, we would be following Christ, right? His example. Yeah. So in this situation, in this verse, it talks about how Jesus had his priorities straight. First thing he did, he got up early when it was still dark. This is, we're talking four or five in the morning, right? And went away to a secluded place where he could not be disturbed, where it was quiet. He had peace of mind. He could focus on talking to his father and he prayed. I would submit to you that this is something I oftentimes fail to do myself, and I'm sure a lot of us could work on as well. Speaking directly to the young people here, how can prayer life help us in everyday life, especially in school? You know, feel free to respond. Yeah. I know for me personally, it really helps to like help me de-stress with things, like to kind of get all my thoughts out there and um, get stuff off my chest. Uh, I recognize that as I pray, um, it becomes, um, I'm not saying it's easy, but it becomes, I think, easier uh, to think about God throughout the day. Uh, when we put, set, that, uh, set um, that time aside for God, um, whether it's a prayer, whether it's five to ten minutes in the morning, um, we kind of invite him uh, to start the day off with, with us. Uh, and so what, when we go throughout the day, whether it's at work or at school, wherever we are, uh, I think um, you know, God uh, is more 
I don't say real, but uh, we, we're, we're more aware of the fact that he is with us. Uh, and so, you know, throughout the day, we all know that we all deal with temptations. Um, you know, things come up, uh, and we have to know how to react. And I think sometimes, um, and actually not sometimes, I know for a fact um, that in facing those situations, uh, having that time with God in the morning uh, and in the evening is very important uh, because our reaction or the results can depend, uh, mainly depending on the, on the time that we spent with God. At least I know for me. Thank you. All right, so yeah, so basically, when we come to God in prayer, that's our communication with Him. Now, how do we communicate? How how does how does this can how can this even be more practically uh, applied to our lives? Let's go to James, James five. James 5, chapter 13. When you're there, say amen. 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 All right. Verse 13, it says, Is anyone among you suffering? Then he must pray. Forgive me, I'm going to be using examples from my life at Southern because really I don't, I've never gone to any other school around here, so uh, that's all I can do. So what I like to think about when I, when I read these verses, when I want to see how can I apply prayer to practically to my life, let's think about it. If, if I have a giant test coming up, if I have a huge homework assignment, if I have problems with friendships, problems with relationships, my parents, I'm concerned about them, I'm overwhelmed by stress, perfect time to kneel down and pray. And the nice thing is, Jesus gave us an example. Go to a secluded place. Go to, go, to, go to a place where you can get some peace of quiet. But the nice thing is, you don't always have to do that. You can pray wherever you are. In the classroom, in church, in public, anywhere. Anywhere you are, you can pray and get God's guidance. And not on, to- on top of that, ready? The verse continues, it says, Is anyone cheerful? He is to sing praises. That's the second part. We don't just pray to God, asking for his help on a test. When we walk out of the test and it went well, we praise him too. Amen? We praise him even if it doesn't go well, which is hard to do. Trust me, I've been there before. So prayer. Prayer is one of the three keys to keeping your relationship up with God during the school year. The second one is the table of showbread. Now, bread the bread of life. The word of life, anyone know what I'm talking about? The word of God, the Bible. The Bible is necessary. Second Timothy, Second Timothy 3. And verses 16 and 17, very well-known verse. Verses 16 and 17. And it reads, all scripture, the history books, Psalms, Isaiah, the Gospels, yes, even Song of Solomon is all inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. The Bible 
is our key to getting knowledge, okay? It's our key to getting knowledge. It'll teach us what to do. It'll reprove us for what we've done wrong. It'll correct us, keep us on the straight and narrow path that leads to heaven, and it will train us in the life of righteousness. That's what this verse is saying, and that is why knowledge is so, so important to have. On top of the communication with God, we need the knowledge, we need the Bible, we need to read. How does this apply practically? Joshua 1.8, powerful verse. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. And this is God, this is God speaking to Joshua. 1, verse 8. And it reads, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have success. Do you want to be successful in school? Have good grades? Yeah? I see two hands. Wow. Who wants good grades in school? Yeah, absolutely. Who wants great, a good time at, at work to enjoy their work? Parents, be raising your Yeah, absolutely. No. Prosper, prospering and success comes from reading the Bible, from following what it says, meditating on it day and night. Guys, when you're in school, when I'm in school, what we should be doing is having the Word of God in our, in our minds, memorizing, have, having them memorized so we can call upon those things in, in the instant we need it. I don't do it as much as I should, but I, I, I know it should change. The, the fact of the matter is, when I walk out of a test and I feel discouraged, and I know I bombed it, and I messed up. I called to mind a verse, a promise. Isaiah, I will hold you. I will hold you with my righteous right hand. God promises he's with me, right? I'm faced with temptation. First Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken me except such as is common to man. God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will pro provide a way of escape so you can bear it. Having problems with your friendships. Maybe you messed up, you know you messed up, and your boyfriend or girlfriend uh, is upset and they're hurt. And you, you, you go to the Bible and you remember, you remember Proverbs 16, verse 18. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Man up, go apologize if you, if you messed up. This is what the Bible is here for, to help us out, to teach us more about God and to help us get through the, the daily life. And not just that, guys. Not just that. The Bible is the number one book we should be reading. I'd also submit to you, read, read the books by Ellen White as well. Because sometimes we need counsel. Sometimes we need uh, these books to fill in the gaps for us where we don't, maybe don't understand the Bible fully. Ellen White's writings are good. Now, don't mistake my words. You almost understand me. Don't put her above the Bible. The Bible is the Word of God, and that's it. That's, it's just the Bible. But Ellen White's counsel is amazing. Recepts to Christ, Desire of Ages. These books show the love of God so profoundly. I personally love reading those books. Your career calling, your career path. If you're going to be a pastoral, pastor, I'm going to be a pastor. So I'm reading pastoral ministry. 
Okay? If you're going to be a business person, read stewardship. Teacher, read education. If you're in the medical field, read ministry of healing. If you're going to be a coal porter, or you are a coal porter, read coal porter ministry. Great, great books that can help us. All right, so we have communication, and we have the Word of God. Now, the branch candlestick um, can mean a couple of things. The Holy Spirit's working in your life and witnessing. I like to think it's a mix of both, to be honest with you. Why? Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Acts 1, verse 8. All right, and it says, this is Jesus speaking, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. It's the Spirit that gives us the power to witness. It lights us on fire, but our fire should reflect and be a witness to others. How do we, how do we be witness? How... How do we be witness, and how does it even help us? Well, if you help others, it helps them, you help yourself. I've experienced that in my life, personally. One, one last verse, Galatians 5. Galatians 5, and this is, this is definitely one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Galatians 5, verse 22 and 23. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit... And listen carefully. The fruit of the Spirit is love. It's joy. It's peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Let me tell you. How do we be witness? By showing the fruits of the Spirit. It's that simple. By loving one another. In school, if we're... Basic, basic illustration, but how many times have we done this? We walked up to the cafeteria line. It starts right here, right? And there's a person walking over here and just kind of go, huh. yeah. No, 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 no. Oh, go ahead, right ahead. Kindness, guys, kindness. Love, show love to your parents, to your significant others, whatever. Have self-control. If you're playing intramural, someone is cussing you out because maybe they thought you, you made a mistake or you cheated, say, Instead of saying, oh, oh uh, no, 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 come up, say, I'm sorry if I messed up, but let's talk about this, okay? Let's not get mad. It's not a big deal. Have some self-control. Just things like this, simple things in life. These are necessary for us to have a good relationship with God, especially during the school year. And there's many more specifics I could still cover, but these three things, they definitely cover all of the bases. Communication, knowledge, and action. Because knowledge and communication are good, but without that action, implement it in your life. All three are needed. They're not just during the school year, though. But every day of our lives, it's basic Christianity. Speaking of which, guys, I'm specifically speaking to you guys who are in school. It's only going to get harder. (laughs) Uh, Welcome to adulting. No more summer breaks once we leave college. That's it. You're graduate college, right? You know what I'm talking about? Yep. Yep. I've experienced that myself this summer, too. My summer break, pretty much non-existent. 
working for you guys. <laughs> so it's important to get into the habit of keeping God first so we are ready to take on the challenges that will only continue to pile up as we move on in life. The great thing is God is right there to help us do this. He wants to have a relationship with us. And if we want that too, he will help us get our priorities straight. Amen? Now, sometimes we may not want that. Sometimes we may find it hard to find it within ourselves to want to serve God and live for him. And that's an instance we should ask God immediately. Take my heart. Help me to want to do that. And he will. Either way, God is willing to help us. As long as we remember that, as long as we keep God number one, we won't have to ask these questions anymore, but have a continual daily relationship with him. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much that we serve you and that you are willing to help us live for you. The principles we learned tonight are pretty basic. Things that we may have learned at either our baptism or growing up or whatever they may be, but Lord, thank you that even as basic as they are, they are still true to this day. They're still very, very much true, especially for us as we are about to enter a new school year especially as we are about to face many challenges. Lord, we're going to need your strength, so please help us. And bless us now as we go about the rest of our evening. In Jesus' name, amen.